Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing different approaches to budgeting. Yeah, Joe, what's so great about this episode is that we're not only going to talk about why it's so important for us to budget, the, the many benefits and, and how we can achieve the different goals that we've set for ourselves, but we're going to specifically talk about some of the different methods of budgeting depending on your personality, right? Just depending on the type of person you are, there's going to be some different... What your Enneagram number is. <laughs> That's actually what we should have called it, like Enneagram for <laughs> budget. We should have. You're really into that, aren't you? No, I'm not. My, my wife is. I'm not. Well, you, you keep calling me a four... Is that what you say I am? And you're, you know, you're a five, I think. Am I a five? But literally, uh, I only know that because of what other people say <laughs> about 
types. <laughs> I, I haven't read a book. Listen, I listened to one podcast episode because my wife asked me to, but She's like, you must listen to this. <laughs> but other than that, I, I don't know what they're about at uh, all. But yeah, the fact is, if you have tried a budget before uh, and have failed, I think there's a good chance that maybe you tried to budget in a way that didn't necessarily fit to how you naturally think about things. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to talk about this episode. Yeah. we it, Personal finance is personal for a reason. We all have like things that click in our brain, make more sense to us. And so if we can talk about budgets and help people find a way of budgeting that makes sense for kind of how they think about things, then we want to do that because we want people to master their money, no matter what their personality type is, no matter what their tendencies are. But Matt, before we get into that, I saw recently that our good friend Warren Buffett, our yeah, our good buddy, or pals, he's on speed dial. He's in my T-Mobile Fave 5. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. Yeah, he just ditched his flip phone he finally went to a smartphone for the first time at the ripe old age of 89. Nice. He got with the times, man. He's not too old to teach a dog new tricks. He's got the newest version <laughs> of the, the iPhone, I think. So there what, you go. Good for him. But uh, man, how cool is that? <laughs> this guy who's one of the richest guys in the world. And he says, you know what? I don't, I don't need the trappings of new technology. I don't need the latest and greatest. And, and he's just kind of that. he's that kind of guy. He's lived in the same house for like 50 years or something. And he's you know, been rolling with this flip phone for such a yeah, sounds like he's a, a stubborn old man is what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> like how much is how much of that is him being frugal versus, you know, him not wanting to like learn the new technology. That's a good point. But the fact yeah. is, though, that he is older than he was. And he's just like, dang it. I, I guess I'm going to have to learn the new technology. I can just see him in his office playing Candy Crush, like <laughs> <laughs> just swiping all over the place. Right, right. It does make me not feel so great about rocking my iPhone SE, which I still am, by the way. I've got I got, I got the iPhone SE. And I kind of wear it as like a badge of honor. The fact that I still have this crazy old iPhone. But you know what, homie? It still works. I still take really good photos with it. Throw pictures up on Instagram. Take pictures of the kids. It still makes phone calls. Maybe you can Warren, believe it or not. Maybe Warren would trade with you. Maybe. He probably would. He doesn't care. Yeah. Because he's like, I don't really need it. Like, I'll take an older version. It's fine. But it's funny too because what his company, Berkshire Hathaway owns like over 5% of Apple stock. So uh, I, I'm sure he you has... would have thought that they would have like thrown in a free iPhone right. here and there, right? And maybe, maybe they did. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, I don't know. I just appreciate that. I think we can all learn a lesson from someone who has you know more money than they could ever spend, more money than they know what to do with, and yet they still live simply. That That's something that, that I strive for no matter where I'm at in my earning cycle, no matter what my life looks like. I want my life to have simplicity uh, to it. And and so, yeah, I don't know. I respect him for that. And by the way, one other thing that he said recently at their uh, the annual shareholders meeting of Berkshire Hathaway is he said, you should think about buying stocks as buying a business. And I, I think that specifically that, that change of phrase, using terminology in that way can really frame things appropriately for us. And so I loved what he said there. Instead of saying, I'm buying stocks, say, I just you know, bought a portion of a business today. I like that approach. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think that the temptation with stocks is that you, you buy and sell, right? Like that's, that, that's what he's fighting against. Mm-hmm. Our day trading, people who are getting in and out of the market quickly because that's when you lose when he's looking for value and equity within a business. And people aren't buying businesses and selling businesses left and right. right although right. folks do that with stocks. And so I agree. I think that's a great way to frame it, except that you're buying a business that you don't have to tend to, right, which exactly. is like sounds like the best kind of business to own. Hit the easy button on that business purchase. Yeah, all the way, man. Well, let's go ahead and introduce our beer for this episode. We are drinking another beer from Goose Island. This is Bourbon County Wheat Wine Ale. And again, this one was sent to us by a listener, friend of the show, Alex. So thank you so much, Alex. 
Yeah. All right, Matt, let's get on to the subject at hand. We're talking about different approaches to budgeting and we're not going to dissect Enneagram numbers here, but we are going to talk about, you know, how people can figure out what budget is going to work best for them because in all likelihood you need some sort of a budget, but budgets are often viewed as like a four letter word. I envision people screaming budget when they stub their toe as opposed to, you know, another (laughs) unsavory word, right? It's going to be a new curse word for you. (laughs) Right. Budget. But but only 32% of couples keep a written budget of any kind. And I can't imagine that the numbers are much higher for single folks either. So let's say you do find the audacity to start creating a budget. Well, there are so many different ways that you begin and that can be overwhelming for folks, right? There, there are different apps that offer to help us in, in various methods and different money experts claiming that they're going to be able to help us actually stick to it this time. So Matt, I think it's our goal on this episode, right? To make budgeting a little simpler and a little more approachable for people and how they live life in this episode. Yes, completely, man. Most people, like they buck at the idea of starting or, you know, keeping and maintaining a budget. But we want to help you realize that budgeting can actually help you achieve your greater goals and provide you with some peace of mind when it comes to your money situation. Budgeting can help you live within your means and achieve your goals uh, that you've never been able to. And maybe it can help you avoid the fights uh, that plague your relationship when it comes to money. And also, you know, like we said, we're not only just going to highlight the benefits of budgeting, but we're going to show how it can look different based on the different personality types, based on your personal preferences. Yeah, man. And the biggest reason for any of us to budget, the whole reason behind it is that budgets help us achieve our goals, right? Because money is a limited resources for most of us, ex- except for our friend Warren. But we all have to prioritize and to put money towards the different goals that we each have. So it's important for us to focus on those greater whys behind our money, like why we do things, what we want for our life, and then letting our money kind of fall in line with those greater goals uh, before we take a deep dive into the actual specific numbers. So Matt, let's go over a couple of the common goals and reasons that people do find themselves in need of a budget. And, And I think the first one is kind of out of complete necessity, right? Just, just to be able to make ends meet, budgeting is a crucial factor for a lot of people who have to stretch the dollars that they make in a given month to fit all the needs that they have in that very same month, right? And so even if you have a steady W-2 job, if there's not enough money to go around, a lot of folks will, will need to find discipline inside of a budget with their money in order to just survive, just to be able to put food on the table, pay rent, and and make sure they have gas to fill up their car to get to and from work. So yeah, just to avoid going into debt, to be able to make ends meet every month, let alone to achieve, you know, potential other goals. Budgeting is just a necessity for tens of millions of Americans. And so if we can get some of those people on the budgeting track, I think we'd be we'd be happy, right? Absolutely, man. And you know, in addition to folks trying to get by, there's a lot of folks as well who are in careers where they're not on a fixed wage, right? Like it's important to make a plan in order to have enough money to invest, save and spend. There is incredible flexibility, right? That I personally absolutely love as a freelancer owning my own business, but the income is flexible as well. And that can really be a challenge if you don't have that steady paycheck coming in every two weeks. Yeah, Matt. And another reason why budgets are, are such a good thing to have for so many people is to save up for those bigger goals. And I think so many times without a budget, we see what we bring in every month and we kind of dole it out every month to the things that seem like the most urgent. And if we do that, we avoid being able to save and invest for longer term goals that we have, saving up for a trip or, or a new car, hopefully a new used car, but, uh, but a down payment on a house, 
I mean, most folks default to spending every single penny they make and sometimes more going into credit card debt. And while those immediate needs and wants can be put on credit cards, this is a dead end path, right? Because you can't put your retirement on a credit card. And so for folks that find that they constantly have to put their larger goals on hold, well, a budget is a perfect solution for someone like that. Yeah, totally, man. We, you know, we talked about how achieving goals is one of the biggest reasons that we budget, but specifically achieving savings and financial goals is, is such a huge part of that. Personally, for me, one of the reasons I, I like to budget is just having a, an understanding and having knowledge about what I'm spending my money on, right? Like some folks are a little nerdier like me and they'd like to know all the details. And so I know for me, when I'm able to understand and wrap my brain around the big picture, I'm able to stick with whatever plan I've you know, decided I'm going to do because I understand the why behind that, right? And so for me, when I budget, if I know why it is and how it is that I'm doing this and I, I can, I'm able to kind of see it from the, the start all the way to the finish... I have a much better chance of completing that and seeing it to the end. I remember being a kid and I would ask my parents why a yeah. lot, <laughs> as most kids do. I could especially see you being the, the why kid. <laughs> why? And uh, Why? Why is that? <laughs> I was just much more likely to actually obey or follow through with something when I knew like why I was doing it. And I think all of us have a little bit of that to ourselves, right? And some of us more than others. But the more we can understand kind of how things work, why we're doing it, what direction we're going in, the easier it is to actually follow through on that thing. And so, yeah, yeah sorry, mom and dad, that <laughs> I was that kid. <laughs> it's like, well, why? It's because I said so. <laughs> right. Maybe later I will explain it to you. I've definitely <laughs> used that at some point in my parenting already. Uh, well, and another re great reason for folks to start budgeting as well is to avoid money fights, right? If you have a significant other, budgeting can get you both on the same page. It's easy to talk in generalities, but money is a very specific and concrete thing. And so there's no better way to talk about the specifics of money than with a budget. Like that's speaking money is a budget, right? Like you want to learn how to speak money? It's a budget. <laughs> like that's the textbook. Easiest way to communicate about it. Yeah. Budgets can really improve how you communicate about your money with a significant other. Yeah. We've received a, a listener email recently. Someone talking about how budgeting has actually really helped change their life and their, their dynamic as a couple. And that the budget has essentially been that place for them to be able to communicate well about money. And money is kind of the the diving off point to be able to talk about bigger goals, the the things that you guys want to achieve together. And so, yeah, I, I just enjoy getting emails like that because it's really fun to see that money has this much greater impact beyond just the X's and the O's, beyond the dollar signs and the decimal points, that being able to, as a couple, communicate well about money has led to just increased clarity in their discussions on a lot of topics in their marriage. That's awesome, man. Right? I know. Yeah, so cool. And I always enjoy seeing how talking about money well and a budget being that exact thing, helping you to be able to talk about money well, actually leads to uh, good conversations for couples in all these other areas of life. For sure. It's really encouraging to see budgets being talked about as something that brings a couple together, not as something that like one is hitting the other person over the head with. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. And I think the reason that a budget can be especially helpful for couples as well is because essentially like all it is, is a plan for your money. Like it's a plan that you both agree to or that you just agree to yourself if you're single. But it's something that you've created to help you achieve your goals, right? Whatever those goals might be. It's just an intentional approach to what you're going to do with your money so that you don't get to the end of your working career, of your lifetime, wondering where all of your money has gone. Yeah, 
and that's easy to do. I mean, I know that we feel that, which is like the hours in our day sometimes that we, we waste them. And we're like, what, what did I even do today? <laughs> I think I especially remember some of those days when I was younger. Well, now I've got kids pulling on me, a lot of stuff to do, but I totally remember the days like that in my early twenties where I, I don't know what I got accomplished that day, but you're like, it's six 30. I guess it's time to eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I think the same thing can definitely be true of our money that if we are not thoughtful about it, if we don't have kind of a plan, we can waste that money and miss out on the bigger goals that we, that we have that are buried underneath that we just haven't even gotten around to finding out what they are sometimes. And Matt, that plan is the budget. And we're going to talk more about that and get into kind of specific budgeting styles for different personality types right after the break. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money when it comes to financial advice you got to trust the source that's why you listen to this podcast and if you're looking to upgrade your wallet you need to turn to nerd wallet their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products if you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades what could future you do with more travel rewards a hotel upgrade lounge access Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, 
the money app Monarch. They make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we're back in the break. Matt, we're talking about budgeting and different approaches to budgeting. One approach would be to not have a budget at all. That doesn't really sound like a method or (laughs) an approach. It is an approach some people take. And I guess uh, it begs the question, though, are there people who don't need to budget? And so I think you and I actually kind of disagree on this point. So let's hash it out. I I would say that, yes, there are some folks, a small sliver of folks that can get away with not having a budget. I think budgets are best at helping us put our money towards the areas that we value in life. And they can be a pivotal part of, of increasing what we save and invest. But if you are kind of this natural saver, someone that generally likes to max out their 401k, uh, who's always looking to put more money aside, you might not need a budget. And, and Matt, that was, that was kind of me before I got married was I, I didn't feel like I needed a budget because I felt like I was naturally just looking for ways to save more of my money and, and invest for the future. And so taking the time to create and stick to a budget just didn't feel necessary for me. And, and again, I, I don't think that this is something that is applicable to most folks out there. I think most folks need a budget. like They need that to be able to communicate with their spouse and they need that to allocate their money in a way that aligns with their values. But I think for a few people at least, not budgeting can be a method that makes sense. All right, Matt, I see you rolling your eyes. So tell me why I'm wrong. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I don't think it necessarily has to do with, you know, whether or not you are saving or investing enough money, right? Like, so I would argue that everyone needs to have a budget. Uh, Most Americans have a really tough time saving and putting enough of their income towards retirement. Like that's one of the biggest reasons to budget, right? This is what we've been talking about. But let's say there is someone who is one of the rare folks who is frugal and saves a ton of money. Right, retirement is getting maxed out. Extra money is going towards other investments. Maybe money is going towards smart real estate deals. And so, in this example, I would argue that the budget needs to be there not to get that individual to save more, but to spend more of their money. Right? Like, chances are, if that you were to sit that person down and ask them, like, what are the important things in your life uh, that you value? Like, they'll name a few things, and then I'd ask them if they're spending their money in a way that reflects those values, right? So, like, so for example, a lot of folks will say that they value friendship or relationships. I think that's one of the ways that folks who are super savers and who are really into their money might get carried away. And they're like, oh, you know, like, I don't want to go out for drinks because I'm trying to, I'm trying to save. Or they're like, I don't want to go on that vacation because that's going to that's gonna put my FI date, my financial independence date back. You know, it's going to push it down the road another year, like that kind of thing. But if you ask them, like, is this something that's valuable to you? Like, is this important? They would say yes. And, and so it, would, it takes sometimes, I think, a budget to highlight that 
Like there are lasting memories that you might be missing out on were you to, to skimp in those situations. See, that's why I like you. I like being your friend because <laughs> I feel like you bring a perspective sometimes that I don't have. And I'm, so, I'm trying to get you to spend your money. <laughs> well, not you specifically. This is a hypothetical, right? No, but but that, I mean, that, that honestly, that kind of like was me for a while back in the day. And I feel like having a budget, talking about it with Emily and our, us having shared goals together, it's been really, really helpful. And now it would be hard for me, you know, to, to live life without one uh, because I, I do feel like it informs kind of the, the values that I have. And, and it does force me in a good way to spend money on the things that do matter to me. And that is something that I, I like you and I, we, we fight for, for people. We want people to experience that where they're able to save and invest well for the future while, while also spending money today on things that they care about. Right. I mean, that's, that's the magical place. That's a good place for people. And that's what a budget can, I, I agree, really help people do. Yeah. I feel like so much of, of what I guess I'm trying to communicate here is that uh, folks see budgets as being something that, that are restricting, right? But in reality, though, I'm trying to like flip that around and, and turn, turn it around for folks and say like, no, there's freedom in a budget. And I've seen this specifically with my wife, Kate, as well. Like she feels, and she's always felt this way, but she'll feel a little guilty for spending money because she knows that like, oh, I know I could save this and, and that would be a smarter thing to do. But if we've identified that like, no, this is important for us to, to do. This is something that we want to put our money towards. Well, then if you look at the budget and there's still money left, there should be complete freedom to spend that money and not feel guilty about it at all. Yeah. No, I love that. All right. So let's talk about the other methods besides the non-method of not budgeting that we've kind of thought out here. And and, and we, what we try to do in these is, is try to ascribe kind of a personality style and kind of what budget might be best for you. So let's go through them. The first one we want to cover is kind of like the newbie budgeter. If you are kind of new to the game, you've never really created one before and you have no idea where to start. Well, then we would suggest considering a 50, 30, 20 budget. That's probably best for you. That means that 50% of your budget is for your needs, 30% is for your wants, and 20% of your budget should be dedicated towards savings. This is kind of like a less rigid approach and can kind of act as like a guiding light if you're looking to keep things simple. Because we can make budgets as simple or complex as we like. And if you're new to the game, keeping it simple with, uh, <laughs> with essentially three main categories that's just kind of a good way to ease yourself in to the process of budgeting altogether. And at the same time, apps like Mint and YNAB can help you keep track of your spending to make sure that you're sticking to the this 50, 30, 20 budget that you've set up for yourself. Yeah, what's great about those apps specifically too is like there's a good amount of automation built in, but then as you kind of progress down the path, you can get a little more advanced and kind of complicated with it as the needs arise. Yeah, you can personalize it. And so, you know, like you said, Joel, that's maybe for someone who, who doesn't know where to start. Well, maybe like you're someone who just really doesn't like the numbers, right? Like maybe you're more of a free spirit. Uh, you can simplify things even more by going with the 80-20 budget. And that's where you're setting aside 20% of your income towards retirement. And then everything else... Like, well, it doesn't matter what you spend your money on. Like, it is completely up to you. You've already prioritized what's arguably the largest financial goal of maybe being financially independent at some point. But otherwise, like, you get to do what you want with your money. And so an easy way to implement this is that if you have a job that has a 401k, well, you can increase your contributions towards your 401k to that percentage. You know, and we say 20%, but it just depends on where you are. Like maybe for you, that's just 10% for now. Uh, and then slowly over time, you can crank that up to 15, then 20%. That's up to you. But what we're trying to point out though, is that we want you to prioritize saving for the future without too much complexity. We want to make sure that you get that one thing right. And then everything else, it doesn't really matter so much as long as you're surviving. You just want to make sure that you're taking care of those long-term goals. It's also worth mentioning, Joel, that to you know operate with the uh, 
the free spirit budget, you're operating from the standpoint of having enough money. Not everyone has enough. And so if this is you, like realize that this is a bit of a luxury to say, I'm just going to worry about retirement and then I'm going to spend my money on whatever else I want. Uh, that's not the case for most folks. Yes, the free spirit budget, aka the treat yourself budget, <laughs> right? Where, where you're still at least at minimum prioritizing that 10% contribution for, yeah, like it for your future self because right. you need that. Exactly. Yeah. It is, I guess what we're, we're pointing out here is that it doesn't have to be more complicated than that, at yeah. least for now. I think over time, as your budget becomes slightly more sophisticated, that can be a healthy thing, but that this is a great first step. All right, let's talk about, Matt, probably the category you fall into, just just a guess, is the type A budget. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we think that a, a zero-based budget makes a lot of sense for the person who wants everything lined up down to the penny, right? So if you're highly organized and great with spreadsheets, you can use those strengths to really make your money work for you by giving every single dollar a name. Yeah, man, this is me all the way. I am all about this sort of highly mechanized process of, of handling my money uh, and the biggest reason for that is because I'm able to remove emotions from the equation, right? Like when you have this uh, this process basically in line to where you don't really have to think about it, you follow the rules that you've you know predecided ahead of time. Uh, it removes human error from the the equation, and that's what I love about having a budget this way. That's when you become like Ivan Drago and Rocky Four. You're <laughs> you're basically like a robotic version of a human. Yeah, I love that. Like a pun- punching machine. <laughs> you don't need emotions, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just train hard every day, eight hours a day. No, I mean I, it's it's true. But for people that have that kind of personality, that really that need the specifics to be on point in order to feel comfortable about things, I think a zero based budget makes a whole lot of sense because you're you're able to to usher everything that comes in to a specific category. And I think that brings a lot of calm, a lot of Zen into people's mm. lives who, who speak my language. <laughs> yeah. You thrive <laughs> basically on the ability to know exactly what's coming in, exactly what's going out and where that's going. And you know, if, if you were to try to get a type a person to do a free spirit kind of budget, that would make them go bonkers. Yeah. And vice I would versa. have a tough time with that. Right. And I think <laughs> that's why these different kind of personality types and budgeting accordingly is, is so helpful. Yeah, everything is in its right place, man. And with a zero-based budget, you have the added benefit of being able to see exactly what you're spending your money on. And you can see trends over time as well. Recently, we looked back at our, our 2019 spending. And because I've been doing this for a decade now, like we were literally able to compare what we spent at the grocery store to the past you know, 13 years, which is... I mean, I think it's totally awesome. I think maybe other people think that that's insane, but I love it, dude. I feel like we could use your budget track <laughs> overall national inflation, you know, <laughs> like in every category. Uh, you want to hear something that's really interesting, though, by the way, like specifically to grocery, like why I brought that example up. Please tell me. Is because so obviously we saw we've seen our, our grocery budget go up over time, but I've also calculated uh, the overall budget per person. And not surprisingly, <laughs> you're such a nerd. <laughs> um, we are still spending just about the same amount that we we're spending when it was just me and Kate, uh, proportionally to the size of our family. That's because you only feed your children one meal a day. Exactly, yeah. one meal, just like Kate and I eat. Yeah. Uh, no <laughs> snacks, right? <laughs> but for real, like we, we've seen it increase by the number of you know members we have in our family, which is really cool. It's cool to see that that is one area in our life that we have not seen inflate at all. 
when there have been other areas that have inflated, right? Like entertainment, we've seen that go up over time for you know various reasons. But it's really cool to see some specific areas like grocery where we're kind of really sticking to like our original roots, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's impressive, dude. All right. Let's talk about the next budgeting method that works for a specific personality type. And that is the overspender. So if you tend to spend too much, and bust your budget every single month through credit card spending or, or even just spending on your debit card and you're getting overdraft notices and having to pay extra money to the bank because of that, well then the envelope budgeting method might be best for you. The way that it works is to have actual physical envelopes that you fill with the money every month at the beginning of the month for categories like eating out, groceries, clothes, and, and whatnot. So it's, it's pretty straightforward and it helps you actually stick to your budget because there is truly a finite amount of cash in these different envelopes. Matt, I've never actually done this, but for somebody who is battling the temptation to overspend consistently because they just can't keep the plastic out of their hands and they're racking up credit card debt because of it, I think going to something as strict as the envelope method uh, specifically, that's a really good way for the overspender to kind of combat those urges and to, to be able to actually stick to a budget. Yeah. And I think a lot of folks might laugh at the idea because they're like, what are you going to carry around like five different like paper envelopes? <laughs> that's but so old school. It, and it, it is old school, but I wanted to mention that there are specific special wallets made you know, exactly for the envelope budgeting system. They've got their little dividers in there and you can slide your bills in there. That way you're not like walking around with, you know, wads of cash like folded over on themselves, like <laughs> stuffed in your stuffed in your back pocket. Well, I gotta imagine that's a <laughs> thick wallet though. But <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean I think the envelope method is is certainly not ideal. And you know, we talk about how, you know, we prefer if you can use credit cards well, we we much prefer you to use a credit card over over paying in cash. There's just a lot of advantages to, to using credit cards instead of cash. But desperate times call for desperate measures. And if you are a person who is tempted to overspend consistently, then then you have to resort to a budgeting method that is going to actually help you live within your means. And I think the the envelope method is is definitely one that you should strongly consider if that's the case. Most definitely, man. And let's let's cover too as well. This isn't necessarily a personality type, but I wanted to cover if you have a variable income, whether your income is steady every two weeks or if it bounces around throughout the year, budgeting is still going to be important for you. You, you might just need to use a slightly different technique or maybe a combination of some of the different techniques that we've mentioned. But I think one of the most important things to do is to make sure that you have some financial margin in order to weather these ups and downs of having a variable income. Just because you have a variable income, I don't necessarily think that means that your expenses need to go up and down based on your income. For most folks, they know that it takes a certain amount of money to live, right? Like month to month, I know that it, this, is, this is what it takes for us to live. And so when you have enough margin built in, when you have an emergency fund, like that's just what we call our cushion, our margin. It's just our emergency fund. When you have that there, you're able to weather those ups and the downs and you're able to kind of even out your income because you know that like, okay, right now, and dude, I'm saying this out of experience, this month for us, super lean. Not a lot of folks are getting married this time of the year uh, in Atlanta. And I had to take $2,000 out of our emergency fund. Or maybe they are and they just didn't book you, dude. Hey, you know what? Maybe that's the case. I don't think that's We're the not case, talking though. about that though. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that next month is going to be fantastic. And so having those funds set aside to, to get us through you know, a leaner month, that's all you need. Like It would be kind of silly to say, oh no, we need to really cut back this month because we don't have the right income when we know that next month is going to be more than enough. Yeah, Matt, I completely agree with you. Uh, you know, I think that financial, additional financial margin is super helpful for, for folks who live life uh, with variable income. 
And and then you know what? The the lean month, you've got the money to, to fund your lifestyle for that month. And, and then the next month, you'll make up for it with your increased income. And you'll be able to put that additional income back towards that cash cushion and replenish it. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I'm glad we were able to talk about some personality types and how different people can approach budgeting. But Matt, there are also some kind of universal principles that we need to talk about that really apply to anybody doing any of these different budgeting methods. And we'll get to some of those right after the break. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money when it comes to financial advice you got to trust the source that's why you listen to this podcast and if you're looking to upgrade your wallet you need to turn to nerd wallet their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products if you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades what could future you do with more travel rewards a hotel upgrade lounge access Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. 
and you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, Joel, we're back from the break. We're talking about some different methods to budgeting. So the next step is to actually create a budget for yourself with real dollar amounts, right? Regardless if you're the person who has a plan and thinks you know exactly what your category amounts should be, or if you are completely clueless and have no idea where to start. If you're either of these people, I think regardless, everyone should begin with tracking their expenses. All you need to do is look to last month's spending and start there in order to be successful. The idea here is to, to start with numbers that are going to be realistic and are going to get you close versus pulling you know random numbers like out of the air and then maybe halfway through the month, you know, it's the 15th and you look down and you realize, oh, we're over budget already. Well, that's not fun. <laughs> oh, I was way off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so if, if you're, if you're going to fail at somebody, nobody wants to do anything that they're going to continue to fail at. So set yourself up for success and be realistic. Yeah. You're going to drop that budget quick if that's the case. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, I agree. Tracking is, is huge, Matt. I think auto tracking is, is an easy way to do it. And of course, I think it's the way a lot of us are going to choose to do it because there are apps and tracking software that can really kind of aid us in this process. And we mentioned YNAB and Mint earlier, and those are kind of the top tier apps when it comes to budgeting and helping you do do better and, and auto tracking what you're spending and helping you keep that budget. And it requires less personal monitoring to make sure expenses are, are categorized properly. Yeah, there's even the service called Tiller Money. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but they will automatically import expenses into Excel or into Google Sheets to, to save you time. I personally don't use it. Uh, and that's primarily because of the act of actually manually entering these expenses in like that can help me to realize and, you know, truly feel those expenses. We've talked before about how automating your money, uh, there's a lot of benefits to that. But what we kind of want to shy away from is automating all of our expenses because, you know, like for a lot of us, if we don't see it, like we don't really think about it out of sight, out of mind. And so if we are not looking at what we're spending our money on, Sometimes it can be hard for us to make those changes and make sure that we're spending our money on the things that we want to be spending our money on. Yeah, man. And speaking of writing things down, you know, there's a, a Japanese budgeting method. <laughs> if we're talking about manual tracking, we just talked about auto tracking and how those those apps can help you. Well, if, if you do it manually, I think there's, there's a, a great deal of benefit we can derive from that too. This Japanese budgeting method is called Kakaibo. I think that's right. Okay. All right. That's my guess at least. <laughs> and yeah, I think that what it does is it prioritizes actually physically putting pen to paper and writing things down, keeping a written record of the things you've purchased and what you're doing with your money. And there's such a powerful association that's made in our brains when we put pen to paper. That's why people journal. That's why people keep a diary. I mean, essentially, this is like an expense diary. You're writing down all the different things that you've spent money on, and it's, it helps you to reflect on those things. Yeah, and I, th I think where you come down on this, I think it's going to come down to your comfort level with technology, like your personal comfort level, whether you use apps frequently and, and they kind of fit into your lifestyle, or whether you kind of write things down, it's going to have more of a sustained impact and ability to help you stick to your budget. I mean, whatever is going to help you the best, whether it's more automatic or whether it's more manual, 
we definitely want you to go in the direction that is going to most allow you to actually stick to a budget and keep doing it month after month. It also depends too on how much of a romantic you are, right? <laughs> like if you if you have an old soul and you want to have like a scroll with like a fountain pen, you know, like if that's what works for you, go for it. Yeah, I've got this old piece of parchment paper from ancient <laughs> Egypt and that's where I keep my budget every month. Papyrus. <laughs> Isn't that like the original paper was like papyrus? Yeah, of it's, course. It's not yeah. just like that crappy font. I also keep my budget in hieroglyphics too. <laughs> so so that random people that peek at my budget, they don't really know what it means. But also too, Matt, uh, another app, by the way, that can be helpful to people. We've mentioned it before on the show a couple of times, Dollar Bird. And yes. that's uh, kind of like a monthly, it, it almost combines these two things of kind of a manual budget keeping technique uh, by tracking expenses on a calendar. And and so, yeah, I, we love that app too. It's, it's really neat. Whatever works best for you, that's what we want you to do though. And let's real quick talk about budget busters, right? Starting with your previous month's expenses, like we just mentioned, like that's a great way to get started with those realistic numbers. But then don't stop there. Make sure that you are looking at prior year budget busters, those big expenses that only occur maybe once or twice a year. And then once you identify those things, you want to start saving monthly amounts for those now. So for example, what I'm thinking of are some of the different insurance premiums that you have or, or car maintenance that always kind of creeps up when you least expect it. And it doesn't have to be like crappy things as well. It can be fun things like saving up for Christmas or birthday presents or maybe going on that vacation. Like you know that you're going to want to go on a trip. Start saving for that now so it doesn't totally and completely wreck your budget when the time comes. Also, you have to be flexible with a budget, right? A budget doesn't necessarily rigidly conform. Even for the type A budgeter who has a zero-based budget, even those folks know that the budget doesn't always go according to plan. Even though we zero-based budgeters might strive for perfection, it doesn't always end up perfect. Right. You're not going to be able to do it every single month. That's for sure. And that's because no month is completely normal. And so it's really important to address your overspending quickly. Yeah. And so that if that happens to be you, like all you need to do is just move that budgeted money from one category over to another in order to ensure that you're not going over for the entire month. It's not a huge deal. Uh, money, it's fungible. <laughs> just because it had one name on it at one point doesn't mean you can't switch it up and slide it over to a different category. So for example, maybe you overdid it on clothes this month. Well, it's not a big deal to cut back on eating out in order to make up for it. This will help you to master your budget and to make it more fun because it's something that you're actually succeeding at. And when you're winning at something, that will also make it way more enjoyable. Yeah, for sure. And I think when I think about budgeting at its core, essentially it's imposing at least some amount of current hardship on yourself so that hardship doesn't get imposed on you by outside forces in the future. By budgeting well and spending less than you make, you'll much more easily avoid the real money hardships that so many people have to deal with in life. And I think if you can find the budgeting style that works best for you and you can find a way to make it work for you when it comes to the way you track and being flexible with that budget, we truly believe that you can have a much greater sense of control over where your money's going. You can be happier about where you're spending your money and even the, the places that other people might look and say, that's ridiculous. I can't believe you spend money on that. You can take joy in it. You can be happy about it. And at the same time, uh, by creating some constraints in your life, it's going to actually lead to a greater sense of freedom by having this budget. Because having a budget where the money that comes in every month goes out in ways that actually reflect your values is just such a freeing way to live. So yeah, budgeting, not a four-letter word. In, in actuality, budget is a, a six-letter word. And, it, and it's actually a, a helpful six-letter word. Yeah, man, most definitely. All right. Next time you stub your toe, don't yell budget. Yeah, you can yell something else. But <laughs> <laughs> budget. 
All right, man, let's take it back to the beer. This episode, we were enjoying Bourbon County Wheat Wine Ale by Goose Island. Joel, what were your thoughts on this beer? Man, I thought this beer was intense in all the right ways. Mm. And it was really unique, too, because a wheat wine, I mean, that's not many people make wheat wine. It's not a real popular style. Yeah. Right. But I, I will say it doesn't have wine in it. Like it's called wheat wine, but like in reality, it's just a, a very uh, malty beer. Okay. Yeah. And you can tell that like, and, and it, all, it has kind of some like dark fruit notes, I would say. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, uh, it, it has like a, a touch of honey as well. So it felt a little light at the same time. Nice. I, I thought it kind of hit both ends of the spectrum. And so, yeah, I think with the dark fruits, the light honey touch, there's a bit of complexity to this one. Uh, and it was really tasty. I, I enjoyed it. Nice, man. Well, I want to I back it out. And uh, I want to talk about the bottle because you and I were kind of discussing the bottle before we hit record earlier. And it's such a classy bottle. Like it's all black for the most part. And it's got this label hanging off of it. Um, it's almost like kind of got this cool little tag. Like, it's little, like a flag. Yeah, like out. a little flag kind of <laughs> waving. Uh, it's just got this really classy look to it. So first of all, it's got that going for it. And then for me, when we poured this beer, it almost had this sweet banana-y kind of smell to it. And when I took that first sip, it to me was super bready, almost like a, like a caramel flavor to it. I think it's awesome that you mentioned honey because it also makes me think of, did you ever have bit o' honey? It's like that old school candy. It's like this little brown. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Kind of sugary, kind of caramelly. I don't think candy. I ever had it. I guess it just kind of reminded me of some of those dark, old kind of classic flavors. That's what this beer reminded me of. Yeah. Well, it was a tasty one. Glad to enjoy it on this episode with you, my friend. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. For anyone who wants the show notes, uh, just check out our website. It's howtomoney.com. Yeah, Joel. And in addition to our episode notes, we have some other articles up on the website. And specifically, if you're looking for a new credit card, we would recommend you checking out howtomoney.com forward slash credit cards. We want to make sure that you are using your credit card in a way that gives you the maximum benefit based on the way that you spend your money. That's what that article is all about. And if you do sign up for a new card via any links in that article, it helps out the show. So thanks in advance. All right, Joel, that's going to be it for this episode, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. 
Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.